What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host with the most. And if you didn't know already, this is week two of my family reunion trip to China. We're going to see relatives. I'm, I either actually by now, I already have experienced the Great Wall of China for the first time, which is crazy. But anyways, you all support me so much. There was no way I was going to leave you with two weeks with no content. Thank you so much for patreon.com slash Tong. You guys and gals have allowed me to do this. So this week's show, it's going to be really cool. We're going to talk about home theater. What are kind of the big things that are important? How does it affect Apple, Apple TV? What about the Apple TV Plus service? Is it really that good? I brought in my buddy, Techno Dad from YouTube, Chano. We talk about all these things and also... Uh, what are the chances that we see an Apple TV 8K? So here you go. Here's the interview. Check it out. All right. What's up, everybody? Hey, uh, I bring the special guest that you know and love. We had Techno Dad, a.k.a. Chana, on the show before, and he brought a lot to the table that you all really love. So, hey, I guess we're going to bring you back, Chana. Are you cool with that? Oh, man, I am totally down. <laughs> he is so totally down. down. So down. So, um, Chana, you know, if you can, I'd just like to kick it off. And for people that may not know some of the work that you do and kind of what your expertise is, just drop it on us so people can go, okay, now I get it. This guy knows what he's talking about. Oh, okay, sure. Um, well, uh, my name is Chana. I have a YouTube channel called Techno Dad. You can find it on youtube.com slash Techno Dad. And I review uh, 4K products uh, like TVs, Blu-ray players, and, you know, streaming devices like Apple TV and Roku Ultra and that kind of thing, uh, along with uh, uh, help you to set up your Dolby Atmos or DTSX uh, sound system in your house, you know, um, go through all that kind of product. And, of course, set up in tutorial videos, uh, because I know it's very confusing for people <laughs> out there. Um, I mean, I don't know about you, Brian, but I've read a bunch of those manuals and they suck. Dude, so. it's a... Uh... <laughs> I don't know. You know what the thing is that one day, right? I mean, we're getting there with ARC and we'll talk about that later. But one day the idea is let's just plug in one cable. And then if we have a bunch of speakers, can we just like color code them and just pop them in? Because even plugging mm -hmm. in a surround, surround sound theater system, you and I are both pretty dang tech savvy. You're like, you're really making sure like I'm not talking about little tags on the wires. I'm talking about make the end of the connectors match colors, the colors and kind of create some universal system that would make it even easier for everybody. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, like I um, I review different AVRs <laughs> and the, the plug points for all the speakers are always different, mm -hmm. always different. It's like on the back of the unit, like uh, it'll have the like the Denon ones will have the front speakers on the left hand side. But then the Yamahas will have it on the right-hand side. And it's just like a mixed bag of nonsense back there. Yeah, it, it reminds me of when I first saw my very first audio mixing board. And I was so intimidated. I was like, dear God, what is all this? And then you kind of learn about, are you sipping a drink? I just heard you slurp. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, don't say that. Hey, not, what are you talking about? I have no idea. And you know what? I'm keeping in the show because we keep it real. <laughs> oh my god, so hilarious. Okay, anyways, we'll get to the show. Look, everybody that's listening, the reason why I wanted to bring in Techno Dad is because he's a good dude. He's a good friend of mine, but also he knows so much about this home theater. And right now, you know, recently Apple released the public beta of TV OS. I guess it's technically TV OS. Is it thirteen? Yeah, thirteen. I believe. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Okay, I'm not gonna. Be, I'm not. Gonna, you got. You aren't gonna hold that against me, but. You know, there's a lot of things happening just in the home theater space and how it's evolving. And like always, we it's good to tie 
these bigger trends or things that maybe people aren't familiar with and then how it'll affect Apple or maybe how it changes what Apple may or may not be doing. So Chana, let's talk about kind of, you hear a lot about now HDMI 2.1 and EARC. Can you kind of give a breakdown for our listeners of what that means, maybe how it relates to HDMI previously and why they should care? Oh yeah, sure. Of course. Okay. So right now, um, everybody's got HDMI 2.0. Now there's 2.0A or 2.0B and 2.0B actually has some features of the new HDMI 2.1 spec. However, it's not, um, uh, like full specced out. So 2.0 basically is, uh, 18 gigabits per second, uh, of bandwidth. And when we go to HDMI 2.1, we get 48 gigabits per second that's a huge jump mm-hmm. in bandwidth, right? So um, we can do 4K 60 right now uh, with HDMI 2.0. With 60, two, 60 frames per second, just for letting people know. Oh, sorry, sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then when we go up to HDMI 2.1, it'll support 4K at 120 frames per second and 8K at 60 frames per second and res- resolutions up to 10K. I would imagine that would only be 30 frames per second. Mm-hmm. Um with that spec. So we're talking about just imagine if you had like, uh, you know, water flowing through like, like liquid th- flowing through a straw. That would yeah, be like, HDMI. The, like the one you just slurped up. Yeah. Yeah. Si- <laughs> silence. Silence. <laughs> and then, and then you have like, you know, a PVC pipe that's got like a two or three inch, um, diameter and you got water fl- or liquid flowing through that. Like that's what HDMI 2.1 is compared to HDMI 2.0. That was such an appropriate analogy um, for the time. I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you talk about then also ARC versus okay. EARC? I know we talked about it in our show before, but there's a lot of new listeners and people that may have missed it. So I'd love to hear that just and then we'll tie it into Apple. Okay, cool. So basically, if you don't know what ARC is, it's an audio return channel. Now, you'll find a lot of this stuff on uh, your TVs, right? It's usually between your TV and your AV receiver. And basically what it does is um, that HDMI cable, let's say you're watching your Apple TV and it's going through your AVR and that's going to your TV, right? Um, um, That cable from the AVR to your TV is going that direction. But when you turn on your apps on your TV and you want audio to go to your AVR, that same cable will have will go in the other direction so it's a bi-directional cable um, and it's just a standard hdmi cable it doesn't you know need to be something special it's just a standard hdmi 2.0 cable but it it transfers information both upstream and downstream so that's what it is now the new thing is earc or enhanced arc that means we can get fully uncompressed like 11 channel Dolby Atmos transmission because right because we have this 48 uh, gigabits of bandwidth now so we're gonna get full lossless audio for you know movies coming off of your TV so hopefully you know Apple will put HDMI 2.1 in I don't think they can do it in this version of their Apple TV mm-hmm. um, right it's a chipset. It's, it's a hardware. It's not like a firmware update. So it would probably be on um, a new model, right? Mm-hmm. So Apple TV 4K Generation 5 or Apple TV Gen 5, whatever they call it. Um, 
but yeah, so that's like the biggest thing that's happening right now. And I know TV wise, only LG, LG decided to put HDMI 2.1 ports on all their, their entire 2019 line. Ooh, uh, I yeah. did not know that this is good information. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I think Samsung only has one HDMI 2.1, um, port and that's on their 8k TV. Mm hmm. Which so. makes sense because, right? I mean, I know we're we're moving towards 8K, but look, we're we're starting to get to the point where 4K is becoming a more mainstream adopted format. Now, my parents, when it when it gets to like my parents' level, like oh, whenever it is that they get that next TV and it happens to be 4K, that's when I know okay, 4K is finally, <laughs> finally broadly accepted. Do you know what I mean? Like that? Yeah, yeah. Takes, like they're they're on the caboose end of the train, right? Yeah, it takes a while to get there. Now. When we talked about this, I, I just looked up because I wasn't exactly sure. But the current Apple TV 4K only has HDMI 2.0A, so it does not have 2.0B. Um, and that kind of leads me to, as we have these trends, we know in some situations Apple tends to sometimes be at the forefront of tech. Sometimes it's not. A lot of times they take their time and mm -hmm. wait before they adopt these standards. Do you, A... Do you think that because of this starting this growth or this momentum of 8K, just asking you off the top, do you think that Apple will or would release an Apple TV, a new Apple TV 4K model, or do they need to? Uh, you know, I think the answer is from like a business perspective, yes. they probably won't. Yeah, they probably won't. Um, I know. Okay, so uh, I totally Sam agree United, with you. I totally agree yeah. with you. So Sound United, that's the company that owns uh, Denon and Marantz and De Definitive Technology, Polk Audio. It's a big audio company, and they're just about to, like, the sale hasn't gone through, but they put in a bid to buy uh, Pioneer, Onkyo, and Integra. Whoa, so, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they announced this um, right before um, they invited me to uh, New Orleans for mm -hmm. their uh, dealer conference so they announced it like a couple of days before that show and you know what i see is that they're not making the jump to hdmi 2.1 just yet right mm -hmm. um in all of the new av receivers coming out this year which they in you know um, announced two denon ones they just announced two marantz ones last week they are offering 2.0 b which has uh support for features like ALLM, which is auto low latency mode for gaming consoles. Um, they also support uh, VRR, variable refresh rate for the Xbox One X, that is. And um, and they also support eARC. Okay, so those are all HDMI 2.0B um, like compatible. So mm -hmm. they are still not going to HDMI 2.1 in 2019. So it's probably going to be 2020 when we're start to see like HDMI 2.1 on these AV receivers. But here's my thing, like just like Apple TV, they really don't need it because what 8K sources are there? Like none, right? So I don't see HDMI 2.1 being a huge, huge deal only for displays, like only for a TV just so that you can have these extra features. Well, you know what I that so first of all, that's some great information because I think just to give context to people that are listening, you know, Definitive, Marantz, and Denon are 
like the high high end too you know they they aren't the middle of the road receivers out there and so the fact that they're not jumping in hdmi 2.1 right out of the gates is a great indicator of how other people would look at it industry-wide as well you know because when and and the fact that they're looking to scoop up pioneer and onkyo is are they trying to kind of build out a mid-range line more or, or what what's behind that from what you think so what they said is they don't have anything in concrete yet. Um, what I can say is that they do have the teams or the teams are still in place, meaning the Onkyo team is still there. Mm-hmm. The Pioneer team is still there. Um, my hope is it's like, it's like with uh, <laughs> VAG, dude, it's like VAG, right? <laughs> the uh, Volkswagen Audi group, um, you'll get, You'll get reliable parts from this Volkswagen. You'll get a V10 from the Lamborghini. You'll get, you know, Bentley's brakes or whatever to make this new car, right? Mm -hmm. So they take the best Mm -hmm. parts of everything to make something new. So hopefully, you know, I've I've heard tons of of my viewers um, complain about Ankyo's HDMIs. Um, Their HDMI boards um, break down. So, you know, maybe if they use a Denon HDMI board, um, in the newer Onkyo products, you know, if they, I, I, for instance, so, you know, all these ABRs have room correction, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I think Anthem, I've, I haven't tried direct live because those are on some really high end like processors and receivers. I haven't had any into review, but the Anthem ARC Anthem room correction is the best so far I've heard in my room. Second to that is Odyssey, which is in the Denons and the Marantz's. Then it goes to YPOW, which is what Yamaha has. And then it's like AccuEQ, which is what's in the um, Onkyos and the Integras. So, hey, uh, Chana, is audio yeah. correction, is this their calibration system for reading your room and then make optimizing it? Or what? It, what is that? Correct, sorry. correct. Okay, okay. Sorry, sorry. It's, yeah, so that's like speaker calibration. You set up your speakers um, in your room and then you plug in this little microphone that's included. Yeah, I do that. And it, and it runs through like test tones and then it'll calculate um, how far away your speakers are. And so it has to, you know, cause it has to time everything. Yep. The AV receiver does a lot of stuff like timing. Like if a gun fires from your center channel and goes over your right ear, it's got to time the sound coming out of the surround sound speaker, you know? So mm-hmm. it has, so it has to measure all that stuff. So that's what I mean by room correction. Um, so maybe they would, implement a version of odyssey which is the denon and Marantz room correction into the pioneer onkyo and integras which would make them i think like substantially better mm, mm. you know so I, I i think if they if the sale does go through i think overall for consumers i think it would be um great because then we have different avrs at different price points that will all get like a boost in quality you know, yeah. and hopefully for the same price. Like, that's what I'm hoping. So now, you know, that is awesome information. You know, we're talking about HDMI 2.1 and 8K. And we know that they're really, at least here in the U.S., there are there is not any true 8K sources. I believe it's like, is it in Japan where I think they have a few limited channels that are doing 8K right now? I, I mean, I have no clue, man. I, all, all I know is that they do a couple of AK broadcasts. Yeah, I think like it's like Olympics. over satellite dish. Yeah, it's like over satellite dish, too. It's, right. You have to have very specific equipment in Japan to even take advantage of that. L- the reality is that we're, we don't even have any, from what I gather, 
any publicly widely available 4K broadcast streams going over U.S. airwaves. Right. So forget about 8K for us right now. Um, does that mean? Let's look into the crystal ball for fun. <laughs> we have an Apple TV 4K. You know, I, I agree with you. I don't think they need to do anything with the Apple TV 4K right now. But what about if if they were going to make that next jump? I mean, if we're talking about Apple TV 8K, was that in two years? Maybe not. That you know, I don't even know if they need to do it in a, not even a year, no. two years. Three I mean, years, it, three years, even more realistically, in a weird way. I would say at least five to seven. Wow! Yeah, at least because I mean, if you see the, the prices on these eight K TV sets, like boy, they, they're outrageous. I mean, they look gorgeous. They look gorgeous, but um, we don't even have eight K discs yet. You know what I'm saying? We'll see. We'll see that that that's my main thing, and like you know, I'm probably going to do a talk about that on my channel, like. The delivery system for 8K yes. is just is just going to be what I mean. We just do. You, do you really think that we have the internet infrastructure to stream 8K to like how <laughs> how many people in your like neighborhood? What what if like ten houses were streaming an 8K <laughs> movie at once? Like what would that do? Like well, you better you know, be living on campus at Google watching it <laughs> under your desk. That, yeah, that gotta, it'll work. Right, right. They got like a T3 line over there <laughs> or something. Um, and then if you look at 4K UHD discs that are out now, that is – it's actually a BDXL, right? It's still a Blu-ray disc, but it's an extra large or I guess – if they call it XL, I imagine it's extra large. Um, it's It's got a capacity of 100 gigabytes and a lot of these movies coming out like MI Fallout was 96 gigabytes on that disc. So and it was beautiful because it was an all IMAX formatted movie too. Right. And right. That one point, well, at least for the home, it's like a 1.78 to 1 right. ratio, right? Not not quote unquote true IMAX. I didn't want to get the purists pissed off at me because I know they're going to come. They're going to come at their pitchforks. That's not yeah. actually IMAX for screen ratio format, Brian. I'm like, okay, fine. 1.78 okay. to 1 for the yeah. record. Mr. Teasy. Mr. Teasy, that's not the right thing. Oh. Um, but as you're saying about this capacity on that disc, right? Yeah. So, I mean, like, they would have to come out with a new disc or, like, a, you know, quintuple, hextuple yeah. layer discs. Like, so the delivery system for 8K still needs to be figured out long before, you know, we can have something that we can actually use and see. I mean, I get that these companies want to get ahead of the curve and like that's why, right? Yes, it is okay to take a longer tail approach with some of these technologies. But, you know, at least when when I felt like when 4K TV started coming out, even though it was very few at the time, I believe Sony that was pushing it, they had like three or four discs with 4K content. They had, I think, this media server that they were delivering a few of their movies in 4K um, way back in the day. But I mean, 8K, we have nothing and and we're going to start seeing 8K TVs this year. And there's literally no infrastructure right. of 8K content exactly. at, all, at all. Exactly. Like, you know, um, a lot of the demos I saw at CES this year were all like shot in 8K mm-hmm. and they looked fantastic. But ridiculous. they're all pl- ridiculous. They're playing off like a thumb drive that's attached to the TV. Yeah. You know, um, I know there's all right. If we look at and I know like with the new Apple Mac Pro, like this is definitely um, yeah, a machine for Future, future-proofed for people actually shooting in 8K. Totally. Right? Um, my biggest gripe with 4K discs and 4K releases right now is anything effects-laden is going to have a 2K digital intermediate. And for those that don't know, like a movie can be shot in 4K, 
but it's going to be, they're going to add the effects in 2K. They're going to um, color grade it in 2K. And um, that's called the digital intermediate. So the in-between phase, uh, while they're you know doing all the post-production for the movie, it's going to be in 2K. And then they'll up-res it again to 4K and then release it. Mm-hmm. For me, I kind of don't like that. I'm mm-hmm. pissed. I want a 4K digital intermediate. But the problem is the processing power for all the effects takes so long that you know they have deadlines to meet for release dates and whatnot so um there are a few movies like allied shot in 6k with the 4k di it's a like a brad pitt movie it's like a spy movie you know not my, not many special effects looks gorgeous bro you know? i didn't even know who was in that movie i'm like you're all allied i'm like what the hell is that <laughs> you're all, it's a brad pitt movie okay okay but i had no idea wait keep going though <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, um, no, it's 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 a cool movie, you know. It's about you know World War II and spies and stuff like that. Um, but that movie was shot in 6K with a 4K digital intermediate. Um, some of the other movies, like the first Sicario, that was shot in 4K and 3.4K with the 4K digital intermediate, because there's not so many special effects. And like, man, some of the scenes of like the sky and like during sunset and like just. You know, the people talking, the people, the faces, they just it just looks super sharp. And I just wish that, you know, we would have more movies with the 4K digital intermediate. So going back to like now 8K, Dude. we're not we're not gonna see anything. You know, when there's anything close to that, if we're still working with the 2K digital intermediate now for the majority <laughs> of movies, like we're not gonna see anything with the 6K digital intermediate or 8K digital intermediate for I don't know maybe like five to eight years i'd say yeah that that no that's a that's another great kind of nugget in perspective because even as recent as examples um if from what i recall and correct me if i'm wrong you know you watch the mad max 4k disc you can tell the effects were kind of like produced in a, in a lower res maybe they were 2k maybe they're even lower than that but it was one movie where you could tell like the fire effects on the 4k disc didn't look 4k compared to the rest of the image mm-hmm. no totally Totally. How, hey, wait, wait. How's that drink? Oh, it's just, dude. I love, I love having beer. I mean, it's like nine thirty. Bro, you're, you're, you're like, you're like, hey, Brian, you're supposed to talk longer so I can finish sipping my beer. <laughs> I mean, usually in my live stream, like I'll have a glass of wine or champagne, so it's, it's, it's all good. But no, I'm just messing with you. But okay, so back to that point about right, Mad Max. The effects clearly, you could tell they were, they were done at a lower res. Well. I mean, okay, now, funny you picked that movie. Um, that movie was mastered with, in 4,000 nits, okay? Really? So, yeah. Okay, you're so, going to have to break down nits for people a little bit. Okay, so nits is like a measurement of peak brightness. And um, I was just at the 4K TV shootout in New York um, that happened like on the 12th of July. Uh, sorry, it's 12th of June. And I was a judge. I was on the judging panel. And... We had the Sony Z9F LED, Samsung QR, sorry, Q90R LED, and then the Sony A9G OLED and the LG C9 OLED. And they used that movie because here's what happens. Um, there's a there's a 30-inch Sony monitor called the BVM X300. It's like about twenty or thirty thousand dollars. And mm-hmm. this is the reference monitor that all these production houses, when I say production house, I'm talking Paramount, Sony, um, you know, I 
on the people that make big blockbuster movies. They're using this monitor to master their content. Now, here's the thing. That monitor maxes out at 1,000 nits. So, when you have a movie that's mastered at 4,000 nits, like Mad Max Fury Road, the TV then has to tone map the very, very bright things, like you're talking about explosions, right? Mm -hmm. Each manufacturer tone maps uh, bright scenes higher than 1,000 nits all in a different way. Mm. So, what you're describing could just be the way your TV is tone mapping that bright um, highlight from the explosions. But then also there's not, I mean, from a TV consumer standpoint, these TVs, what, what's the highest nit level to get a thousand mostly most of the time, like actual most consumer, the, right? A thousand is the max that they normally hit, right? Right, right. For these, o, for these OLED TVs with like a million to one contrast ratio. Oh, no, no. OLEDs are going to be lower. They're going to be like really? 700. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it's the LED, it's the LCDs that are hitting a thousand nits? Okay. Yeah, like the Samsung QLEDs. Yes, yes. Uh, the Sony Z90, Z9F. Um, but the thing is, like, judging it was really hard because we don't have the reference monitors. Like, some will um, tone map for brightness. Some will tone map for color some will mm. tone map for a better um like color accuracy yeah. so um so it, you know it's it's all different you know and it's pretty much up to the manufacturer to decide what it's going to look like on screen after we pass that 1000 nit threshold so um i think the other movie i think pan was um mastered at 10000 nits so you know, that takes it another step further on like how these TVs and these are all premium TVs. These are all three thousand dollar TVs, yeah, three thousand yeah. plus, you know. Um, so if you have like a lower end TV, it's just not going to tone map as well when you're talking about these movies that have a higher nit count than a thousand. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Crazy. Wow. So so that BVM Sony monitor, how many nits does it support? It, it, it just maxes out at one thousand and that's it. So then how do they, how do they, so even though they have a movie that's whatever made at 4,000 nits, then how do they actually calibrating that? Is it like, that, is it, is it guessing? Is it, I is have not, I have no clue. I have no clue. No, I was just yeah. curious. I don't, I wasn't trying yeah, to, yeah, I don't spot. know. No, well, man, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to ask you since you're clearly the guy who masters these movies. Um, that's obviously your job, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're like, you're like, hey, Brian, stop. I, I don't, that's not what I do. I don't know. What's going on here? <laughs> So let's let's jump it back. This is all awesome okay. stuff. Let's let's jump it back to um, bringing this back, to like kind of the Apple TV. Now we talk about content and how great it looks, and the biggest thing Apple becoming a content player. And you know, I'm gonna get to the Apple TV Plus service. For me, people that listen to enough of my content and see it, they know that I'm pretty. I dog it pretty hard just because Disney Plus looks so much better than Apple TV Plus when it was announced. When Disney announced theirs, they're like, here's the price. Here's when it's coming out. You're basically going to spend around six bucks a month for this. Here's our schedule of content. Apple's like, uh, here's some of the people that might be working with our shows. We don't have enough to show you. We still don't have a price. We still don't have a date. We don't. We can't even tell you what shows are launching. What are your just personal thoughts on Apple TV Plus as a service? Well, let, let me just take it back real quick to um this new beta so i followed your instructions and i downloaded the beta like a couple days ago oh for thanks. the apple tv thanks of course man 
Um, and I checked it out and it looks like a little bit of a facelifty kind of refresh thing, you know, uh, doesn't stray away from the previous, um, TV OS. Um, but that being said, I was just, uh, checking out to make sure like I get Dolby vision and Dolby Atmos from the Netflix app. And I'm looking at these Netflix shows like altered carbon. Do you ever watch that one? I didn't see that one yet. That one was pretty cool. Um, but the way they ended it, I was like, okay, it's kind of over. And now I see, I, you know, I use that to test, you know, Dolby Vision, Dolby Atmos, make sure it's coming through because I know it's on that for sure. And they're like, um, new season is coming. And I'm like, how are they going to make this a new season? Like, I think um, a lot of these shows are great for one season. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like to try and keep the franchise going or whatever they want to call it. Um, you know, it's hit or miss, I think. It's hit or miss. You know, um, I know, like, dude, HBO, what was it? Um, True Detective, <laughs> season one, phenomenal, phenomenal. <laughs> season two, sucked balls. Like, what was that? <laughs> like, that was whack. Season three came back, and, and that was good. It was solid. It was still wasn't as good as the first one. So, like... You know, I and the other like shitty part I see is like all the time is like they brought Full House back. They're bringing back nine hundred two one zero. Like, wh- like what is this? Do we not have any okay, new scripts? Hold up, hold up, you know? hold up, hold up. I I agree with you, but at the same time, I watched the reboot on the CW when nine hundred two one zero came out because I thought that was kind of cool, and I probably watched at least seven episodes in deep, which I will be the first to admit was probably a wrong decision, but I still did it. I. I'm personally interested in watching an episode of a reboot just cause just cause. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm not saying like, no, I dude, I, I grew up watching that stuff, you know, and it was great. And, <laughs> um, I, I'd watch like an episode or two, but like to, like to bring back an entire show, like, it seems like there's just a lack of creativity. There's a lack of scripts. There's a, just a lack of can good entertainment. About, can we say that about movie studios too, though? I mean, of course, it's Hollywood. I mean, it's Hollywood, right? It's Hollywood. Well, I mean, it's all freaking like you know, uh, superhero stuff, like all the time. It's you know, which is cool, but I mean, sounds like my buddy Techno Dad's a little superhero fatigued, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Like I, I want, I want like a cool movie, like you know, like The Departed. You know, oh, I want man. something like cool. You know, that's just like that keeps you guessing. You know, that's you don't know what's happening and you know of course like for the most part okay i know did we all see um end game did we all see we that did. can of we course. can I we talk about time yeah oh yeah that's right I saw, I saw sorry your, sorry i'm not saw, saw your, saw your uh, instagram stuff <laughs> like man again huh okay cool <laughs> um Hey, I was invited but, to the screenings and premieres. Sorry, bro. You know. Yeah, yeah. No, no. It's, it's, it's you know, it's it's not Brian Teasy. It's Big Teasy. Come on now. Come on now. <laughs> hey, it's a it's a free invite. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, like we we knew something was going to have to happen at the end. It wasn't going to be a happy ending. You know, it just. I think. I mean, I don't want to say these are all predictable, but I mean, it's cool that one of my favorite comic series series is coming to the big screen and that's the dark phoenix saga but 
That like, was trash. Come on. The, the movie? Did you see it already? No, I already know it's trash. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I honestly, like, did this shit come out? No, it did come out. It's out. It's out. Oh, okay. I just live in a place where, like, the movies just, if, if I don't see it in a week. And then the theater here sucks. Like, my living room's way better. Yeah, dude. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I mean, for me, it's like the whole content thing with Apple, if they have some original stuff that's good. Like, really, just that's really it. You know, can we get some cool original shows something that we can binge watch or something that you know they release an episode every week like they do with handmaid's tale on hulu or whatever um but at the same time let's 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 cap it let's let's end on a high note let's not do like an awesome season one and a you know you know shitty season two and an even crappier season three like you know let's what? you know yeah i like honestly i'm listening to you right now and I think your take is interesting and I actually like it even though I never thought of it because you're making an actually a really interesting case for Apple's TV plus service that, hey, I don't want to see this retread stuff. Give me new things. I'll decide if I like it or not. Apple, you're sitting on trillion dollars, whatever, billion, hundreds of billions of dollars. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But don't force it. Don't try and be like what Hollywood studios do. Like, hey, uh, we're scared about doing a new IP that no one knows about, intellectual property, new show, because people may not watch it, but we'll go back and bring back Beverly Hills 90210 because we know at least we have some sort of a base that wants to watch it, you know? And so what you're saying is like exactly probably what Apple is actually thinking. Now, again, they're going to have to prove to us that it works, but... I, I do like how you're kind of like thinking about this in a different way as a cat that's like, you know, I'm tired of what the mainstream is giving me. Yeah, Netflix is doing it right, but I want someone to even do it better in a more right. boutique kind of just give me good stuff. And if it fails, fine, but don't keep on feeding me this crap just because it makes you money, <laughs> right? Right, like, exactly. Like, let's look, I'm not, I love, I was very anti the whole backlash on people saying, we're going to start a petition because we want them to remake Game of Thrones season oh, 7. Season, season go, 8 or whatever. Yeah, season, yeah, go to hell guys. Like no one can you can't do 1/1000th one of what those people do even if you tried. So, let's we can critique and argue about a quality of work is what we do with products, but don't tell me like you can do it. You got to acknowledge you can make it better. Don't create a pitch like you have to just, Could you imagine if like mad nerds said Apple <laughs> we are petitioning you to Mad remake. Nerds. We are we are petitioning you to remake the HomePod because this is trash. No, you can complain about it and not buy it. You know, you can cancel your HBO subscription. Is that's how you want to say, "Hey, I'm not into this." But don't tell someone to remake something that you can't do. Yeah. So I mean, like, I really. Yeah, I Go went ahead. on a tangent, but I really, I you actually opened my eyes. Like, okay, maybe the Apple Plus TV service is for you. I'm I'm very lukewarm on it right now. Yeah, I I mean I I don't know. Like, I I prefer to like watch movies and listen to music. Um, TV shows are kind of like it, it's cool to like chill out and hang out with the wife. And I, I know she always likes to have something on while she's in the kitchen cooking. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to like throw on one of these shows on Netflix because it'll just go through and we just kind of listen you know like you know ozark that was a great show <laughs> i heard that show was really good yeah no fantastic season two eh, mm. you know but season one was pretty cool and i think 
you know, they are just trying to make make money. So it's it, it's a matter of, you know, how many seasons can they keep people interested? Um, I mean, like we used to love True Blood, right? Mm-hmm. The HBO show. Yeah. Till we got into like the fifth season. Now everybody has powers. This person's that. This person can do this. It's just a hodgepodge of shit. Like, come on. <laughs> like at that point in time, like just end the show and let's go. You know, um, you know, a perfect example of a great show that had a short span of life was Newsroom on HBO. Mm, I remember Fan- hearing about that show. Fantastic show, man. First episode, season one, first episode, first 10 minutes. Phenomenal. Phenomenal TV, dude. Like I was hooked at that point in time. And it was a great I think it was only two or three seasons, but that was it. And and then it stopped. And that was that was perfect. And even though I wanted to see more, it's like any more would just be like, you know, you watch a movie that was fantastic, and then all of a sudden you get, oh hey, here's what happened a month later. Oh, and it sucks. Like it's boring. It's there's nothing, you know, there's no uh excitement. Yeah. That's true. Okay, so let's um let's go back to Apple TV uh, Plus. Sure. What? How much do you think they'll price it at? I don't know, but I don't think anything. If it's coming in 4K, I guess they can. What is what Netflix price? Like fifteen bucks a month? Is it around is like twelve ninety nine now for 4K streams? I think. Is that what like it is? Twelve ninety nine. Yeah. So. Okay. I thought it was fifteen, but yeah, whatever. I could be wrong. Uh, I could be wrong. That's, no how, that's how bad it is. I have Netflix and I don't even know how much it costs. But I split it between like my family members, which you're supposed to maybe not well, do. But it's no, fine, you whatever. you have you you your license is up to five screens. Yeah, I, know. Yeah, I so, split I split it with my family. I mean, whatever. Yeah, it's all good. I would do that. I mean, sorry, I, I sorry, Netflix cops, don't come and get me. <laughs> Netflix cops. <laughs> They're like Brian. It's supposed to be five users of one household. Household. Household, you not plural. You have violated our EULA agreement. <laughs> it's like, get, out, get, get that fat out of here. All right, so what, what's your price? I mean, I'll, if it's Apple, I bet you they'll do. They'll probably try to, to get fifteen and twenty. I, yeah, I don't. A twenty would be way too high. Guy, I mean, yeah, knowing what Netflix costs, that there's no way I'm going to sign up for Apple TV Plus for fifteen dollars. Even ten, knowing what else is out there. Makes me like, uh, you better really impress me with some great shows. Like, so yeah. it's gonna, it yeah. better be between 10 and 15. Everyone talks about, okay, well, maybe they'll do a bundle for Apple Arcade and Apple Music and Apple TV Plus. Maybe they will, but right now we, we don't know this. So if they're just doing it standalone, <clears throat> I'll, I'll go with 1299. I don't yeah, know, man. Though. I mean, if you look at like, Okay, so where I live, we get a ton of snow, and and, and we have direct TV. So there's a dish on our roof that I can't reach. So <laughs> I usually I usually stop the dish because there we had about five feet of snow on a roof. Um, so we don't get any TV. So I went over to Sling and I tried that uh, this winter. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Few like you know quirks here and there, depending on the platform. You're either on the Apple TV or you're on the Xbox or on the TV itself. HBO now or HBO go for like, I know if it's like an add on to for like 10 bucks a month and you get every single show, every single episode of all of their shows ever. Like, how do you compete with that? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like Apple really needs to really needs to come out swinging to compare with that. Like if you want to start watching the Sopranos, you can't. 
mm-hmm. you know that's an old show mm-hmm. but they have everything you know they have every episode is there they've got a library bro yeah huge catalog huge so you know i and i know like a lot of consumers a lot of my viewers they're very like dude like they'll spend 7.99 on a streaming service but not 9.99 like they are very conscious of how much money they're you know they're paying per month for these services so if apple tries to mark it up above 15 i don't you know without anything substantial at the gate like i don't, I don't know how they're going to get it off the ground and or survive yeah yeah it'll be it'll be really interesting all right so um we said basically you don't think that and this is we're just having fun here but you don't foresee apple tv releasing a new hardware product this year and i i would agree with you that there's no need for them to do it it already has dolby atmos it already has dolby vision um there's no need to rush to 8k i just don't other than saying there's a new processor in it mm, unless they put a hdmi 2.1 in which they probably won't i mean what's the point of putting out a new box right yeah i I mean i don't think yeah i don't think they need to all right very cool okay so chan is there anything else that uh going on in the world of if we step outside of apple before we wrap up is there anything else going on in the world of home theater that is worth mentioning or something that we should be aware of and if not that's okay too (laughs) um well actually the newest thing is uh imax enhanced oh yeah Uh, if you've heard about that, and that is basically bringing the IMAX experience to the home. Um, now, what that does is now there's a few things, right? Like you would have to get an IMAX enhanced AV receiver. There's not that many out there, from what I gather, right? Just the Denon and the Marantz. And I'm guessing they're pretty expensive receivers. The, they start at like sixteen hundred and go up. Yeah. Um, so to that model and up however they just announced new ones and so they're like the denon right now is the x 4500h um well the x 4600h is going to be released in the next few months so you can get the 4500h for probably like six seven hundred dollars off um come october so it's just the life cycle of these things you know every like year or eight months to a year they come out with the new av receiver with an incremental upgrade, just like the cell phones, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so I always advise people if they want to get the latest and greatest, wait a year so that you can get something, you know, for like 40 to 50% off. Yeah. It's so IMAX enhanced. Is it really just like a different flavor of DTSX or it is actually its own specific <clears throat> codec? Okay. So it's totally different. Okay. 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 I wasn't hundred percent sure. I didn't even look it up. Cause I'm like, I want to ask you. Yeah, no, I actually did. I was at Sound United event and I talked to Philip Jones, who he knows like the most about IMAX Enhanced. And he also knows the best way to explain it. Mm-hmm. So the way he explained it to me, and since I'm a music producer, this totally hit a home. When you have a 4K disc that's, ma- that's the audio's um, Atmos or GTSX, what they do is they, they make a near field mix, meaning they cut out some dynamic range on the top end, on the low end, they bring up vocals. And they make a mix so that when you stick in that disc to whatever player you have, let's say it's a Philips 4K Blu-ray player, and you have just the TV speakers, they need to make sure that track, even though you don't have Atmos, it's still using the Atmos track, they need to make sure that that track sounds good on your TV speakers. Mm. They need to make sure that track sounds good on a soundbar, on a small you know, home theater in a box, all the way up to a big full-fledged home theater. Now, 
that means you're not getting the, the the mix that you hear in the theater. Okay. Because the, the theatrical mix is made for a system like IMAX that has full range speakers. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you have like a bang in home theater and you get an IMAX enhanced disc, you get that theatrical mix. Right. So that's the difference. Interesting. That's cool. So here's the other thing though. I know you've heard a lot of stuff. When I look at, you know, even uh, IMAX theaters speaker setup, which look, you don't have to have more speakers to make it better, but Dolby Atmos is so specific and even their theater experience, not talking about home yet, but theater experience is loaded with so many more speakers to place these sounds in very specific places. I'm, I know they both sound great, but were you able to distinguish or have you ever gone through any exercise where you could really tell the difference between IMAX enhanced and Dolby Atmos or which one sounds even maybe relatively better? Or is it just so close at that point? So here's the thing. What they do is they use your Atmos configuration like mine. I have mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. um, elevation speakers up at my ceiling. They use that since IMAX uses full range, two sets of full range speakers and a center speaker. Um, they use your system and they try to mimic that setup over your system. Mm, mm. Okay. So that's what they're doing. Now, here's the thing. There's not enough content right now to it's do like, an AV. There's little, there's only, is there only like one or two discs or anything for like IMAX enhanced content? There's two discs and they are both like IMAX things like journey to the South Pacific, which looks gorgeous. Sounds pretty good. The, um, blue planet sounds insane. Mm. Lo- also looks insane because you're, it's actually shot on the space station. So they show like, a thunderstorm from the space station looking Damn. down at earth and like, dude, it's like shaking the crap out of everything. Even the, the like launch of the shuttle going up there is crazy. Awesome. But I just got, um, IMAX enhanced demo disc and they have a bumblebee demo Ooh. and they, and they have a Jumanji welcome to the jungle demo. And they have a Spider-Man homecoming demo, which means those movies are going to be coming out in IMAX enhanced at some point in time. Hopefully this year, we don't know. Um, when those do come out, since I have them, uh, like the Atmos versions of them, I'll be able to actually do an AB, uh, to see if I can actually hear a difference in my room. That, that'll be interesting. And also, you know, I, I wonder how much, um, because even the general consumer and even a lot of people that are in the tech world, like I just did a Dolby Atmos bar comparison. And even when I, I kind of broke down Dolby Atmos, they're like, Oh, now I at least understand what those numbers of like a 7.1.2 mean because you sometimes take it for granted that like Dolby Atmos is still right now very new to people. And I wonder if just the IMAX name, which one has more brand cachet to your general consumer? Is it IMAX? Is it Dolby? Or is do they not care? Because I feel like as of today, you know, people think IMAX is movie theater, but Dolby Atmos is really now, and Dolby Vision has really creeped into at least a little more aware more aware Mm -hmm. consumer because it's now you see the logos on itunes on amazon on netflix people are like oh okay whether they know what it means at least they're more aware of it right right you know i think dolby really really is pushing to get into the mind space of consumers you know um and i i rarely see dtsx Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. um so Maybe with IMAX, you know, people will be like, hey, IMAX, what does that mean? But at the same time, like, we're talking about a small, small section of the people that will probably have the money to just re- rebuy 
a new AV receiver. Exactly. Just, just because. You I know, ain't going like, to do that. Like Dolby Atmos is already easily, you know, from a price standpoint and just which receivers have it. It's like, how much better can IMAX Enhance really be for me to swap out the main piece of my system that will cost me at least $1,000 to get to, right? At least, oh, dude. like fifteen hundred higher, like two thousand dollars. Let's say, right? Right, right. Like right now, I have the Denon X sixty five hundred hundred H in for review, and that retails for twenty two hundred. Dear God, yeah, yeah. And funny thing, I have an eleven thousand dollar five point one that's connected to it right now, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is uh, which is a THX certified system from so. back in the day. Oh, I mean, it's brand new. Oh, oh, they're, oh. they're still making it. Oh, it's um, it's an ele- it's an eleven grand receiver. No, no, no speaker system. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, you're saying the entire speaker system. Yeah, just the, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, not the entire. The five point one. My five ceiling speakers are separate, but the five point one is an eleven thousand dollars speaker system. Yeah, man. And I mean, um, it's pretty awesome. IMAX enhanced sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> sounds great. Hey, hey, hey! I'll, I'll meet you. I'll meet you there, bro. I'll see you there. I'll see you there, bro. Yeah, we're 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 doing a showtime is Saturday, <laughs> eight PM. You got like it's a six hour drive uh, from your place to my place. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'll see you there. <laughs> you know. So all right. Well, hey Chana, um, just want to say thank you so much again for hanging out and spending time here. Uh, you know, for people that are listening, love bringing in guests to kind of broaden the perspective of what's out there. And you know, I got your back anytime you need a help of something like, you know. You know, we, we, we do each other favors like you're, you're the man and I really appreciate it. Hey, no problem, man. I, I love coming on your uh, podcast and, you know, it's pretty much like we're just hanging out talking anyway. So like it's not, it's not like anything out of the ordinary. All right. So there you go. Chana Techno Dad. Man, Apple TV 8K two years, three years from now. I think it's it's going to be a while. So thank you again for listening. Remember, you can support the show, patreon.com slash Tong. And also, we got to show love to my platinum apples at the $100 level, Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Lewis, and Calvin Fatikar. Thank you so much for your support. And everyone listening, I keep on pushing this, but it's the easiest way if you can't support uh, you know, monetarily. Go five-star review this podcast Leave an actual comment and review so people can see it. It helps push it up in the algorithm and kind of lets us lets others know that this is a legit show. We have over almost 900 views, 4.9 star rating. Bonkers. What, we've been doing this for a year? Y'all crazy. So thanks for the support. And there you go. You know what? I'll be back next week. I'll bring back, you know, the standard format. We got the shows with the news, commentary, latest updates of what's happening each week, and then also, obviously, your voicemails. We'll have to get that ramped up because I've been gone for two weeks. But thank you again so much for everything. We will continue to roll on. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. Peace.